What is up, everybody? It is Lo and the Vols ATB crew. We are back after a break last week. Um, tonight we have Vol Bandit and Brando. DR is out tonight, but he will be back next week. And tonight we are focusing on all football. We have some guests from Boiler Breakdown podcast as we lead up into tonight's bowl game um, against Purdue. So why don't you two introduce yourselves real quick? Go ahead, Dan. Yeah, I'm uh, Tanner Lee at Tanner Lee 92 on Twitter. Uh, Purdue fan all my life. Purdue grad, graduated in 2014. Uh, season ticket holder for uh, football. Parents got season tickets for basketball. So, yeah, looking forward to chatting about the Music City Bowl with you go, guys. Uh, and I'm Evan, uh, kind of very similar to Tanner. You know, we grew up together in the same small town, Indiana. Grew up Purdue fans, thanks to our, our, our parents. Uh, went to Purdue, graduated in 2015. Uh, just like Tanner, season ticket holder, share our split with Tanner, and then go to about every basketball game I can. I appreciate you guys having us on. Very cool. Yeah, we are, we were excited to have you guys on. Happy you're able to join us tonight. Um, I guess we will just dive in with first thoughts leading into the matchup tomorrow. How is everyone feeling? No, not, not great. Not, not good. <laughs> <laughs> not as good as I was when it was announced. We'll say that. I agree okay. with that. Yeah, we so uh, just, originally. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. Y'all go ahead. Originally it was announced, you know, as Purdue fans, we were had had the idea that, you know, our number one receiver or David Bell and our number one defensive end, George Kalafas, were most likely gonna sit out the game, but there was, you know, you know, that you know, slimmer of hope that they might uh play the game, but you know, they both have NFL aspirations and they'll probably be a first and second round pick. Um and then, so they opted opted out of the game and then but then we've recently had some issues with, you know, guys not playing or Apparently some great issues, and so we've a pretty depleted roster. So uh, it just hopefully it's not 2018 Music City Bowl back <laughs> pretty like it was against Auburn. Just had to bring that up, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. Tough. So just looking at this game, my first thoughts, um, just total first look at the game. Uh, bias aside, it looks like, you know, the classic typical um, bowl game we've seen since the uh, – Bowl committee came to be. You take a six or seven win SEC team, you put them against an eight or nine win Big 12, Big 10 ACC team. Um, should be a good matchup, you would think. Um, if you look the last four or five years, the SEC's kind of dominated these kind of matchups, but um, currently the SEC's sitting 0 and 4 in bowl games. So hoping Tennessee can pull out the first win of the SEC bowl season. So that's yeah. something else we got riding for us. Personally, uh, I'm just glad that we're like one day away and it's kind of like a, a fresh of breath there. Like we're like, okay, we're going to make it. Because you're seeing yeah, all these yeah. games back to back, like the last few days, like an hour or two hours before kickoff getting canceled. Uh, obviously, like the last two days, y'all had like what, two or three more opt outs compared to Dylan Bell and George Carlos or I forgot mm-hmm. his last name. But, you know, were those academics or were those? Yeah, yeah, two academics. One guy's doubtful due to injury against the Indiana in the last game of the season. So if he can't go, that's yeah, they're they're down five starters. So yeah. Well, Basically. I was just I don't know. Oh, go ahead, Brandon. No, you're, no, you're chilling. Go ahead. All right. Well, I don't really. I'm just really pissed off that I can't go. Um, 
there's like we have two people out at work so that was my first thoughts i was really wanting to try and sneak in a day off but i could not so i will be missing the tailgate and the game but i'm really excited with how many people are actually playing for us mm -hmm. so that was like my number one thing i feel pretty pleased with our, our lineup our do depth chart do you guys have any opt-outs at all uh we Just had alante taylor okay. um who already declared draft and then what about Mays? He, uh, he announced today yeah he, he was trying to practice but he never got back to getting that full health he had a high right ankle sprain has been bothering him like the last four or five weeks. And I think no, it's not official yet, but it's trending more likely that he's just going to try to get healthy and play in one of those bowl games later on and try to just do what's best for him, which I don't blame him. Yeah, that's a super understandable. So I guess we've already kind of touched on the star players being out, but I guess on y'all on Purdue side, you have way more, um, I assume you were pretty confident going into this matchup, but now, like, how how much does this really affect your team? Do you even think it'll be the same team anymore or anything even close? Not really. I mean, going into it, it was it was definitely – I felt okay about the game. It wasn't – I wouldn't say I would I, – I remember when the spread came out, I think it was Purdue by, like, four or five. I was really surprised. I thought for sure Tennessee was going to get the, the nod on the initial spread. Obviously, Vegas didn't – Assume that Carl Loftus and Bell were gonna we're gonna be opting out because that was pretty much almost a given. I felt like, um, but yeah, I mean we're down. You know our number one receiver who you know, had about over twelve hundred yards tan. He was mm -hmm. like three receptions away from yeah, breaking. Big Ten, this, Big this Ten wide season. receiver of the year. Yeah, yeah, he was about three or four receptions away from breaking the Purdue single season receptions record. Um, and now his you know number two receiver is out because of academic issues. So there's gonna be a lot of new faces on the Purdue wide receiving core. Uh, probably some freshmen who really haven't done much outside of special teams will probably get some some play, playing time tomorrow, which would change. Our, our receiving our core is probably our deepest position, though, yeah. thankfully. So I'm not too worried about that. Um, what I'm worried about is our defense. Like, I know you guys' offense is pretty electric and just such a such a oh, different tempo. style. Yeah, such a different style than what we were used to seeing in the Big Ten. Just how fast you guys play, probably closest to what we saw against Ohio State, and mm -hmm. we definitely struggled against them. Mm -hmm. um but i'm yeah definitely worried about you know with our uh number one uh cornerback being out because of academic issues most likely and then he, we asked another guy another one of one of our cornerbacks was has been injured most of the year so we're down to pretty depleted secondary outside of a you know, we've, we've got some pretty decent safeties but our our corners are pretty raw yeah that's what's got me more concerned i mean i know of course it's concerning not having your top two wide receivers but uh, still got a solid tight end core there. Mm -hmm. um, I expect Purdue to – I mean, they don't run the ball well to begin with. I, Can't run it, the ball. <laughs> it, it wouldn't shock me to see Purdue throw 50 times, yeah. to be honest, tomorrow in, in some trick plays and just air it out because their quarterback's been been a stud for them. He announced he's coming back for his sixth year next year, Aiden O'Connell. Oh he was uh, second team all Big Ten behind uh, uh, Stroud from Ohio State. Uh but defense is where I'm more concerned. I mean, you guys, like Evan said, are so up tempo. You, you average three plays per minute, which is which is pretty crazy. And I, I I saw when doing some research, your margin of outscoring your opponents in the first quarter leads the country, Stupid. I believe. So, yeah, um, so uh, yeah, I'm pretty nervous about the defense side of the ball, really, compared to offense. But and with George Karloftis being out, being a you know potential right. early first rounder, you know that's our defense was schemed around him you know you know offenses would have to scheme you know usually throwing you know double teams at him um and so when you don't have him you know the drop off is pretty significant from you know him to the backup so 
that'll be interesting because we, we, we struggled as it was getting you know pressure on the quarterback pretty much all year. Mm-hmm. So it'll be really interesting to see kind of how the defense, how our defensive you know staff kind of schemes differently now that we don't have you know big number five on the line. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, Bandit, how do you feel about a couple of our guys being out? Yeah, so just to hit on the, I guess, the star players uh, portion there. Um, for UT, uh, you know, Cade Mays, kind of like Lowe was just saying, I'm I'm surprised we haven't had more um, of the, quote, star players um, opt out. I, I don't put a lot of stock into Cade Mays being out this game. Um, he, you know, he missed a few games this year anyways. Um, and I, I don't really put a lot into Lante Taylor being out anyways because David Bell isn't playing. Um, I would say looking at players missing this game, I've got, I've got Carl, is it Carl Levis? Is that the correct pronunciation? I believe so. Yeah, okay. I, I've, I've got him down as probably the most notable, um, for both teams being out. Um, I guess that that's a question I want to ask for the for the for our Purdue guys here. Um, would you rather have David Bell and Carl Levis for this game, or hang on, that's going to be a dumb way to word this. You got you guys go ahead. You guys go ahead. I've but I've got Carl Levis being the most notable out for the game. Um, the two guys. Missing on UT side of the ball, I don't put a lot of stock into it. Yeah, yeah I think. You, oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead I was going to say, if you would have asked me uh, earlier this year on the UT side with a uh, with more guys on the offensive line for Tennessee, like when Cade was out earlier, not getting playing time when they did, I probably would have been a lot more worried, especially like on Alante too, because Turnage and Kamal Hayden on our defensive side, uh, they're honestly, in my opinion, two guys that could have been starting, but you're playing behind Alante Turner and. Warren Burrell and some other guys. And when Brandon Turnage did play, he won SEC Defensive Player of the Week his one week of the season he did start. So if he comes in, you know, I'm not really too much worried, just like Bandit said. Uh, Probably Cade being out worries me more just because on the line you have, like, two Juco guys that are just not getting their feet wet in the SEC against a defense like that. I'm more worried about – Purdue's defense. I know the Purdue guys said that they were worried about their defense against our offense, but I'm more worried about their defense than our offense just because when I only read that uh, George and the starting DB was out, I didn't know about the second DB, but just looking at the stats, like they held their own all year against really good teams. Uh, their point differential was really good defensively. And uh, I think George and that DB being out for academic is honestly like way bigger than I probably thought earlier coming into this pod. Yeah, I think if I, mean, I can't speak for you, Tan, but I think if I were to have either Karloftis or Bell, I'd probably want Karloftis just because. I mean, it, it, it's a toss-up. I think just because I, I think our defense is such a takes such a bigger step back without him than our offense would without Bell. Just because I, I I like our receiving core, even though they're unproven. I like I love our tight ends. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would even kind of go into your point, Brandon. Our defense definitely played much better than we expected going into the season. If you Sure, you did not pay attention to Purdue football last year. I don't know why you would have. But it was <laughs> our defense was awful. Oh my god! Um, we had a first year 
defensive coordinator and he was out after one year because it was just that he bad? was he was scheming a defense that for players that weren't on the team like it was it was awful um and it was awful on the field and off the field apparently because he because they fired him after a year and a COVID year at that um, but they brought in a really good defensive staff um I think we've got three co-defensive coordinators, which mm-hmm. was kind of funny at the start of the season, but it worked out because our our defense has definitely been a weak point the last couple of years, and I felt like our defense definitely kept us in a lot of games. The games that we did lose most of the time, I feel like our defense kept us in, and our offense just struggled, but that was before we made a, a, a QB change. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I like our defense, but I'm, I am still worried just because your, your offense is so different compared to what we, what we saw throughout the season. Yeah, I would say – I mean, I'm not too concerned about the couple guys we have out um, just because our our core of a team in general was just really a bunch of guys kind of thrown together and no one really knew what to expect. Um, my main concern was just if Hooker was returning or not. And then once we once we knew that and that he would be back to play, I felt really happy regardless of if Taylor left and if Mays was a go or not. Um, Those are totally understandable picks, by the way. Like I understand getting healthy, trying to go make more money in the draft. Um, So I guess we kind of jumped into it, but like UT offense versus y'all defense. I mean, y'all, y'all pretty much covered that. Does anyone have anything else to add about our offense versus Purdue defense? Yeah, just to keep feeding off that, um, like you guys, I was I was kind of surprised these guys said that they were worried about their defense because um, the the research I looked at, they you guys gave up fifty nine points to Ohio State and thirty to Wisconsin. I think I think tomorrow Tennessee scores between those two scores. Uh, I would agree. I'm I'm not saying we put up fifty eight. Uh, I don't think it'll be thirty one either. Um, <laughs> I think we'll put up between those two scores, but I was, I was, when I went back and looked, I was really impressed with your guys' defense. Um, three, three teams held us to single digit scores. Um, we'll say one is UConn, so we can throw that one out because UConn, UConn, <laughs> UConn, 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 football, so. UConn was the goose egg. UConn was yeah. the goose egg. Um, but I was, when I went back and looked, I was, I was impressed by, by what I saw in your guys' defense. Um, um, yeah, I think at the end of the day, though, like you guys said, um, Tennessee speed will be too much. Um, that I mean, that goes along with me saying I don't think we put up as many points on you guys as Ohio State did. But um, it just felt like every game for Tennessee this year, you left the game saying, okay, Josh Heifel, he, he hasn't opened up the playbook yet. It just always felt like there was more more plays to be had and I, I think we'll really see the full playbook tomorrow. I mean, I don't know what else you would save it for. And then, yeah, that's all I got on UT offense versus Purdue. Defense. A little, little off-topic tangent here. Were you guys worried at all about him going to Oklahoma after that job opened up? I wasn't worried. Nah, not at all. Okay, okay. That was, I have a, I have a uh, yeah. co-worker who lives down in Nashville. He's a huge Vols fan, and he wasn't worried either. So I, I just didn't know if that was a consensus among Vols fans. Yeah, I was, I was thought it was kind of ridiculous the rumors that are being spread. I really saw no reason why he would mm-hmm. he would take that job at that point. It can only happen to a school so many times. Like eventually, it's just the boy that cries wolf is like it's finally going away. Yeah. Slowly, slowly but <laughs> yeah. Just basically touching on uh, what Bandit said, 
with their defense, I was looking at their stats, and I don't know how much of this came off of George and him not playing to how this would affect it, but their uh, offense has only converted 37% on third down against Purdue's defense. Uh, that's, you know, something with our up-tempo offense, how they, you know, key on it. Getting that first down in this offense, the Tennessee's offense, it's key to how they move down the ball, like down the field in each drive. Like, if we don't get that first down, you'll notice that we're probably not moving probably at the speed that we can every single time. So I think that third down defense, if there is a chance that Purdue's defense, which I think personally think that they will show up, uh, you know, getting that first down and not getting the third down where that defense can get dangerous and, you know, maybe try to make a play, get off the field. Uh, I also noticed that their rush defense was pretty good, and that kind of scares me with, you know, having Tyon Evans depart. We only have a two-back backfield with Jalen Wright and Jabari Small, so I'm curious to see if maybe, like, Lenneth gets involved more or you have D. Beckwith maybe get some reps, which probably would never happen because he's invisible out there, but, you know... uh I'm curious to see how we'll run the ball to maybe try to balance it out. I think their defense – I'm still more concerned about their defense than I am their offense just because I'm scared. But, you know, I think if we can get that speed going and the tempo, then it'll be all right. So I think um, one thing that I was just kind of focused on is really just our pace. I don't know if Heupel is going to try and attack them like right out of the gate like he has sometimes with his play calls. and that could lead into us just running into th- some like really quick three and outs if we can't make those plays early on. That's kind of what I'm sensing for some reason. Just if we if we aren't fully ready to go, um, I could see us having to kind of depend on the backs a little bit to slow the game down. Um, ultimately, I think we'll do okay, but I guess I'm kind of different. I am more concerned about Purdue's offense just because of their quarterback. Um, really, I, I was, I guess I'm split or I'm the odd one out. I'm more concerned about their offense. Their quarterback is, is pretty legit. Um, and even though he doesn't have his go-to guys, I assume there's still some more talented guys. Um, what do y'all think? Uh, yeah, like Evan mentioned earlier, I mean, our wide receiver room is our deepest position I'd say on the team, but, um, and Aiden's been playing terrific, especially in the second half of the season. But a lot of that was because David Bell and Milton Wright were kind of his safety nets. So now without your one and two option, I mean, your number three wide receiver becomes your number one option. Um, uh, and, and, you know, one, two, three, those guys have played all season. But when you get into the fourth wide receiver to fifth wide receiver, like Evan hit on earlier, you know, we're going to see some freshmen or some retro freshmen that we've never seen before, which, which I guess is good for uh, going into the next year to get them experience. Yeah. But from a Purdue fan trying to win a bowl game, it's kind of, kind of terrifying. Um, I think, I think in Purdue's passing game, it's going to be key to get the tight ends involved. They have two pretty good tight ends, but, uh, it's, it's going to be key, um, giving Aiden some time and uh, getting the tight ends involved. Because I'm not confident Purdue's going to be able to run the ball against Tennessee yeah, at all. Yeah, we I mean, we haven't even against probably the worst rushing defenses we played this year. We still haven't really run the ball well at all. That's um, that's something we talked about when we had Kyle Charters on. Um, you know, I know there's a lot of games where you guys, like you mentioned earlier, throw the ball 40, 50 times a game, mm-hmm. and he, you know, we kind of went back on back and forth on whether or not that was by design like do you guys throw the ball so well or do you not want to throw it that often <laughs> and you wish you had a better passing game and and he, he kind of said that he thought Purdue wished they had a better passing game they didn't want to lean on the passing game that much yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, coming into the season, they had their both their starting two backs. I call them starting two backs because it seemed like they rotated almost every game we started last year. But then Xander Horvath went down in the second game of the season. The UConn, he broke his leg, and he was out five games. He's back now. Um, so they got their, their two backs back, but – it just whatever they try in the run game, just it, it that yeah. hasn't seemed to work. No matter what, no yeah. matter what they scheme, no matter how creative they get, no matter if they do some reverses with the wide receivers, it's just that's kind of been the consistency of the Jeff Brom era. Really, maybe aside from his first year in 2017, Purdue just has not been able to establish a run game, and that's that's even concerning. And and when the transfer portal, they're trying to get a back for next year, and because um, they're losing their main back. So I. I don't know. I mean, I, Jeff Brom, he's a quarterback himself. I mean, of course, his brother, Brian Brom, who's uh, offense coordinator, he's a quarterback himself. So they love to throw throw the ball and air it out. But I do agree with Kyle Charters. I think they would like to have a more established run game than they do. Yeah, and a lot of times you'll see us, you know, utilize, you know, some of our smaller receivers. You'll see Jackson Anthrop. He's kind of usually a slot guy. He'll we'll kind, of, kind of some dump offs to him. It's almost, it's almost like we're – setting up the pass with the pass we'll just do short right. little dump offs to that basically could you know equate to a run but yeah it's our run game is pretty non-existent and that's probably probably due because our offensive line was a big question mark coming into the season it wasn't probably going to the summer but then we had some guys who like injured to the point of where they just retired from football um and so they really depleted the offensive line depth and that definitely was a, a problem early on but the the offensive line improved over the season so we'll kind of see hopefully they're able to get some of the guys back um, who've been a little banged up uh, for this for this bowl game? All of that makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I assume you guys know that I haven't really watched any Purdue football, but I, <laughs> I I took what I heard from Kyle Charters. I had to throw that out there. Um, so Bandit, I assume you guys, like I said, you guys aren't worried really at all about their offense. Oh, I wouldn't say I'm not worried at all. Um, I'll take this as a transition to the UT defense versus Purdue offense. I think UT will give up some home run shots tomorrow. Um, you, uh, to stick with baseball terms, I'm not really worried about the in the park stuff. Like uh, I don't, I don't think the the run game will be there. It hasn't been for them all year. Um, the the 10, 20 yard stuff, I'm not really worried about that either. But with with Alante Taylor out. It's going to take somebody stepping up. I I do, and my final score reflects it. I think we give up some home run shots. Um, I think probably anything over 40 yards for Purdue probably goes for a touchdown. Um, one of these guys mentioned them throwing 50, 50 plus times tomorrow. If, if they get that mindset and they get a couple hot shots down the field, look out. It could be a game. Yeah, the uh, big thing with, with our quarterback, Aiden O'Connell, is he's not mobile at all, really. He's definitely – he's very much a statue back there. So I think that really is going to key on if our offensive line can hold off the defensive line or any sort of pressure you guys bring. Um, if, if, he, if they can do that, I think he'll definitely have time to throw. I, I like our receivers. But yeah, if you guys are getting pressure, that could be spell trouble because yeah, he's not – a mobile guy in the slightest, really. And one thing I want to add, you guys kind of talked about Hypo probably opening up the playbook more than you've seen this season. Jeff Brom's known as one of the more innovative play callers in college football, and now with a month to prepare, I think we're going to see him open up the playbook a lot tomorrow too and probably see some trick plays. I think both sides, we could see some trick plays from both sides. It could be yeah. entertaining from that aspect. So, and that's going going with that, I can, I can see tomorrow, you know, if, if Purdue – I, I've got down 
when Purdue's on offense, third downs are going to be critical. Um, if I can see you guys setting up on like a third and three with with the the way your guys' run game has been all year. I can see y'all dropping a 70-yard bomb on third and three for sure. I absolutely can too. And the other thing is, I mean, our third down defense has not really been our greatest suit by any means. I mean, third and fourth down, really. I mean, we've given up some massive plays all year. Um, and with a quarterback like y'all have, I mean, if if the receiver can run the route and he can get the ball there, I mean, I could see us really giving up some big plays. So that's where I'm just a little iffy. Um, and I do think that the score will be a little bit closer than what people are expecting. And that's 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 the one thing about Aiden is he's he's pretty darn accurate. I don't, and I'm going to jinx him now by saying, yeah, you are. Yeah, you I, are. I don't, I don't th think he's thrown an interception for six straight games now, which has been like a Purdue record, school record. But that's with that said, that's been with his number one and two wide receivers. Now he doesn't have those two, so he might force a few more balls where he doesn't need to. But uh, um, yeah, it's it's hard to when you watch Aiden O'Connell. Um, from a fan's perspective that's not a Purdue fan, you wouldn't believe that he was originally a walk-on quarterback and had no Division One offers coming out of high school because he, he throws a pretty ball. Um, but it, it's kind of mind-numbing to Evan and I how he didn't have the job in the first place. Mm -hmm. It was Jack Plummer who's now entered the transfer portals going to Cal next year. Um, well, I was someone who wanted Jack Plummer to be the starter just because he was more mobile, <laughs> and I thought our offensive line was going to be able to hold up, and I was definitely right. proven wrong. Yeah, yeah, we 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 both uh, didn't look too smart there, but uh, <laughs> but yeah. So uh, we'll see. I mean, I'm I'm just really looking forward to the game. I'm I'm glad yeah. we're only a day away. So that was something. Um, the interceptions I hit on that with Kyle. Um, uh, Aiden O'Connell. He was he was. I think he's got eight interceptions on the year. All mm -hmm. eight came in the first six games. No interceptions in the last six. So I am interested to see if Tennessee can get a pick tomorrow. Um, Kyle kind of chalked that up to him coming in late in games, those first six games. Mm -hmm. You know, he was playing in trash time. It didn't really matter. Um, or he would come he, in, like, I know against Notre Dame, our offense was doing nothing. and we Yeah, that was something. I think and, that was the three interception game. Yeah, yeah he tried to force yeah. some. And Wisconsin got him in the two or three picks, too. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, if, if Tennessee can come up with an interception or two, um, get him flustered, mm -hmm. that, and that would obviously be huge for us. We'll have simple, to depend on you guys, though, to do that is the thing. We're used to depending on Taylor for those. He won't be there. So someone's going to have to step it up. I'm sure they have the ability to. It's just, will they? I don't know. It's going to be a fun game. It will. Brando, you have anything to add before we move forward? I was going to say, yeah, I kind of agree with you when you talk about the, the third down ability. When you go back and you look at games like uh, – Ole Miss and Alabama when it was close going down to the final minutes. I look back and I see those games like the third down plays where teams were able to convert on like simple passes across the middle or just because the defense being out there so long because of the offense, like our third and fourth down defense was awful. And uh, Bandit touched on it. They barely turned the ball over. I think I was looking at their stats. They don't even average one turnover a game. It's like 0.8. Uh, 340 yards passing to their 80 yards rushing a game. And obviously the way they're talking, it sounds like they're going to pass more, which I'm expecting uh, to be able to pass 340 yards a game. Like that doesn't just come like easily. You have it in quarterback and especially 
you know, maybe the starting wide receivers out, you know, Dylan Bell had two or three games, I think, where he had over 200 yards receiving. I don't yeah. expect that to slow down at all. I, I may have been worried more about their defense, but I still am worried about that offense just because when you're putting up that kind of passing numbers against a team that's a defense like ours, it's on the field as much as they are. It kind of just worries me, but I think we're I hope y'all do. I hope I hope y'all throw it sixty times tomorrow. I, I want to see a shootout from from yeah. hell. I want forty-seven to forty-five. Oh, you know, it's going to be like probably the most road environment for any bowl team uh, yeah. coming down there to, to Nashville. So if I'm Jeff Brom, I'm open up the playbook. I'm saying we got nothing to lose. Let's Might just well. throw it, Shut, throw it all quick, over, right? yep, all over the field. See quick. what happens. Yeah, I think if if Purdue can survive the first quarter with not being down you know, a billion like they were to Auburn in 2018. Um, I think, you know, I think we can have a chance, but if, if you guys are, I mean, I mean, Tan and I were both at the game, great seats, great environment. <laughs> Nashville was amazing yeah. the night yeah. before. And then like first drive of Auburn, their, their receiver just like, just left our cornerback. Slayton, in the, who in plays the for the Giants now. Yeah, yeah. he just oh absolutely tore us apart. Jesus. And it was, it was over very quickly. They could have hung a hundred on us if they wanted mm-hmm. to, but thankfully we have, I think we have a lot better depth now and better athletes than we did back then. That was Brom's second year. Um, but still it's definitely going to be tough hanging with some SEC talent and speed. Sure. I've actually watched that Purdue Auburn game twice this week. That first touchdown by Auburn, it, it reminds me of, uh, you know, like I said, I don't know how much you guys have went and looked at us, but if you go look at the, the tent, uh, the Tennessee Kentucky game from this year, we scored on the first play, and it 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 reminds me of that first Auburn touchdown from yeah. 2018. So, yeah, anyone else have anything to add about all of that before we talk? Um, I want to go into a betting segment. So, does anyone have any like final thoughts, final game, like in-game thoughts before we go forward? How, how's your all special teams? Very good. Very good. Lows, lows hit or miss uh, on this segment. I am. When, I they're, am. when they're good, they're the, good. Yeah. When when they're good, they're really, really good. I remember I – th- I don't remember which game it was. Was it Ole Miss where Mike Eckler sent out Trayvon Flowers and Bayless there at the same time wearing number one, and they had to both come off the field? We didn't have a punt returner out there. Like, that's one of the special teams moments I remember that was just – Awful. But then you have moments where Bayless took some back to the house later in the year against South Alabama and Vanderbilt. And like when they're Mike Eckler, he does a good job when he wants to get them fired up. So like when they're locked in, they're locked in. But when they're not, man, it's (laughs) just I've been I've been up and down all season. Like in the beginning, I was like, dang, like special teams is my favorite unit. And then when that blunder came and they were wearing the same jersey, I was so freaking pissed. I was like (laughs) Kidding me right now, but Coach Eckler is like, man. He someone uh, put on Twitter the other day that Tony Vitello has some competition, and I must say I agree for the ladies of all Twitter. Oh man, I don't know. Vitello's still my number one, but Coach Eckler is looking pretty good too. But hit or miss. I don't know if it's the same play you guys are talking about. the The play you're talking about where they went out with the same number is that the same play? as against Florida when we just didn't have anybody back to receive the punt. Yeah, I think it was either Florida or Ole Miss, one of the two. Maybe that? both. You remember that? Maybe both. So I can I can I can think of plays like that and like want to kick our special teams in the ass. Like I was I was down there in Gainesville and punt was totally returnable and there was just nobody oh, back yeah. there. <laughs> um but I can like uh 
also remember the the first the first time Pitt punted against us and we blocked it. And Mike Eckler said after the game that was, you know, something they had seen on film and they thought they could exploit it. And they did the first punt and that put it up ten nothing. Um so would when I when I think about us having this much time to prepare, if if there's a coach that I think could spot something he could exploit, it would be Eckler on special teams. Oh, yeah. I agree with that statement. Yeah, our, our special teams, I, I don't know if you agree with this, Evans. It's been very mediocre. Yeah. Um, I feel like the coverage teams have been pretty good, but as far as the kicking game itself, I mean, uh, we had a transfer kicker from Samford, and I think he didn't miss the first four or five games, but then I barely remember him making a field yeah, goal in the second half of the season. In and, and our punting situations, it's just been a mess all year. We can't find a consistent punter. We keep rotating two different ones. Um, so yeah, that's definitely not, uh, part of the game to keep an eye on tomorrow. I'm telling you guys, I, I want Tennessee to win, but I'm hoping there's no punts tomorrow. <laughs> that'd be, yeah, I, I that'd be okay that, with yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. That'd be fun to watch. Yeah. I'm all here for a shootout. Sign me up. That would be awesome. Um, so talking like shootout. So right now on FanDuel, the over under, it's set at 64 and a half, um, I don't know if you guys bet at all, but I sports bet every week. It's kind of becoming a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what would you pick over under? Where would you feel comfortable at? Um, give us your thoughts on that. I, I bet the over. I don't bet um, just because I would bet with my heart way too much more than my head. Um, but I, I'm, I'm hoping it's over just because I want to see a I want to see a shootout badly. I was yeah. hoping in that 70 – I'd love to see it get up in the 80 range too. As a close game, I should say, not a blowout. I'd, I'd, I'd probably <laughs> go with the over as well. I think that's a pretty fair line though because I'm thinking yeah. it's going to be about 68, 69 total points. Uh, both teams probably in the 30s. But uh, I'm with you, Evan. I do bet from time to time, but I usually think with my heart too much over my brain and it gets me in trouble. So. Bandit, what about you? So I've got um, – sorry, I thought I was muted and I was going for a burp there. Um, <laughs> hey, are you guys still there? Yep. Yes. Yep. Okay. Um, let me get this pulled back up. I just missed a FaceTime on my MacBook. <laughs> um, that's terrible for the pod. Uh, John Ackery, if you're listening, that was you, dude. Um, <laughs> So I've got, I've got, um, I would take the over at 64 or 64 and a half. I've got the over under set at 70. Very good. Brando? I guess I'm going to be the different one. I personally, uh, I have the under. I'm going to be the statistical guy. Uh, Purdue, they're averaging currently like 28 points per game with the Vols averaging around 39. Uh, I just personally think their offensive opt-outs might, you know, slow, like maybe affect that. I have it right under the 64 point spread. I have maybe like 62. So it's like right there close, just barely. Okay. I, um, I feel comfortable. Like I agree with Tanner, actually. I, I said they would probably, we'll get to our final score predictions, but I was thinking 69 or so total points, 70, maybe. Um, I wouldn't take anything different though than like, 64 and a half and if i was to bet i like to bet the alt um over unders so i like to 
go just a little bit off and maybe go two points below or above what's set just to be safe. But honestly, I still end up getting screwed. The other day I bet on an NFL game and I bet over 47 and the total was 46. Oh, of course. Oh my God. It never fails. Brutal. It never fails. Those parlays, guys, I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, oh. I would be confident taking the over at 64 and a half. Um, so I guess we can kind of go around and hear everyone's final score predictions. We'll start with you, Tanner and Evan. Uh, yeah, I mean, I might not sound too optimistic, but then whenever it comes to predictions, I, I my heart won't let me pick against Purdue, yeah, of course. And if I course. did, uh, Boiler Nation, all the listeners would you come against after me. times on our podcast this year, though. I have, and usually it was reverse psychology, and it yeah, worked. Yeah. Uh, so with that said, I think it's going to be a good game. I'm hoping for a good game, hoping for a, a rather high-scoring game, entertaining game. Uh, no punts would be fun. Um, I'll go Purdue 35-34. Similar right. standard, but I want to. I want to like Bandit. I want to. I want to shoot out. And I think on last night we we recorded a, a podcast and kind of a little preview for that. And I think I did forty two forty one Purdue. Same, same with Tanner. Same like no it. matter how uh, you know cautious I am about the game, I I can't not pick against Purdue. So <laughs> I picked forty two forty one. All right. What about you, Bandit? So I've got it. Um, and this is just you know nothing against Purdue. This is. This is what I've said since the beginning. I've got it. Uh, Tennessee forty-two, Purdue twenty-eight. And I, I, think like I, said, saw, I, I think I saw a couple Tennessee vlogs had or blogs had something pretty similar. A lot of that kind of fourteen to you know eight seventeen point spread. Felt like I, like I said, I, I think y'all hit the deep ball um, for three or four touchdowns. Um, I just. Coming coming from an SEC fan base, I just can't imagine putting together drives with no run game. And I, yeah. <laughs> that's just where I'm at, man. Yeah. Yeah, I have it pretty much in that same area of spread. I got the Vols 38 to 24. Uh, I think it'll be like a one-score game most of the game. And then there's going to be like that one drive that just comes key for the, the Vols offense to maybe get it more than like an extra breath, just breath of fresh air and try to close it out. But I think overall – Purdue's offense is going to show up, and it's going to be key on third down what they can do, like Bandit said earlier. I think it can be really close. I think I, I, I don't want to speak. I'm sorry. I was going to say, I don't want to speak for Tam, but if we can, based off what we saw last time Purdue was in Nashville, if we can keep it respectable, I think Purdue fans would be fairly happy because that yeah. that loss was definitely – we had a decent – I mean, we had a, it was a six and six year, but we had you know an awesome win against Ohio State when they were number two, which was the last loss Urban Meyer had in college, which we won't yeah. let him live it down. Um, but that, I mean, we lost by a billion and it definitely left a lot of, you know, bad taste in Purdue fans' mouths all off season going to the next season. So if we can just avoid something like that, I think, you know, we had one of our best seasons since 2007. Um, so if we can just, you know, not get embarrassed, I think we'll, we'll have a lot of, you know, optimism going into next year. I think that is a very awesome way of looking at it. <laughs> well, I, okay, think about it. Like, Nashville is a super fun city either yeah. way. You have something to go do afterwards. Um, I think, so my final, I said 45-24. However, I think that the first half and maybe up through the third quarter will be, like, really, really close. And I, and I think you guys will kind of get a couple breakaway touchdowns on us. But I'm confident that Hypel will come out 
by the fourth quarter and have like one or two just really fast like bombs mm -hmm. down the field um, and, and kind of take the score up a little bit. I'm hopeful anyway. Um, but like I said, I do think there's potential for the, for the game to be really, really close. Um, so I'll be watching from work, sadly, <laughs> but at least I can have a TV on while I'm treating patients. So there you go. There you go. Um, anyone else? I'm trying to get us off in time. This might sound a little selfish, but our yeah, basketball, you, you have a basketball game tonight. We yeah, just had, we our game just got over before this podcast. So yeah, I had some info our about that basketball-wise. I don't know if y'all saw because we've been doing the pod, but uh, Tennessee had some breaking news. John Fulkerson and Kennedy Chandler are both going to be out for this game for Ooh, COVID solid. reasonings. Solid. So. Yeah, tough, Yikes. tough break. There was some rumors yeah. that it was going to be four. Turned out to only be two, which I guess you can kind of look there and be like, all right. But it's going to be hard, definitely. That's is, Ziggler, is Ziggler playing? Yeah, yeah. That'd be all right. That's all I need to hear. <laughs> one of my favorites, probably my favorite on the team right at the moment. I love him. But um, before we let you guys go, a few weeks ago we asked like some followers to send us some questions for like – a couple of these crossover pods that we were doing. And I feel like you guys can take a couple of these questions. They're a little bit wild because we have some. That's crazy. all right. Uh, Tennessee learned, fans. Uh, all Twitter is no joke. <laughs> no, oh, we, we, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we, we learned that. That's going to be a sound bite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm just going to dive right in. Um, at Trooper underscore Vol. He said, how many murders has Purdue Pete committed? <laughs> we can't answer that. He, he is a pretty scary-looking mascot. I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah, he's just well, blank, blank face all the time. And I love that the athletic department's finally embracing the creepiness. You know, yeah. Before, something they never really did, but now, like, it's – I mean, they'll use his eyes. They'll, when the opposing mm. team is kicking towards our Jumbotron, they'll just put yep. a giant Purdue Pete face, <laughs> like, most, like, focusing on his eyes on the Jumbotron. Yeah. Um, it's probably at least 30, if I had to guess. Yeah. What'd you say, 30? <laughs> 30. He's, been, he's been around for a while. Yeah, yes. Body count's getting up there. Yeah. <laughs> you should see some of the if – you've, if you ever want to entertain yourself, just go back and look at some of the original oh, iterations of Pretty Pete. It is terrifying. Yeah. Oh, nightmare fuel Nightmares. <laughs> All right. Well, very good. I guess that's, that's more than I expected. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You heard, it, you heard it from Evan. I know. <laughs> 30. Dang, you're going to be uh, 31 after he hears this pod. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, you better watch Whoa. yourself. So, next question. Um, at Jesus Balls, he asked, do they, do they, as in you two, I suppose, worry about karma, demanding a realignment after all of those improbable three-point baskets in the 2019 Elite Eight? I don't know what you're talking about. That's Ryan Klein. Ryan Klein. Clear styles. Hey, were you guys there for that game? No, uh, I was. I was there for our Elite Eight game. Yeah, me too. We both were. Uh, no, for that there. game, I was. I was oh. working. I was actually in a hotel in Central Illinois, trying not to get kicked out of the hotel yeah. during that game because oh, man, that was that was a hell of a game. No, I was. I was sitting side court with tickets for the next game, and I sold them to an Oregon fan behind me. We, oh we, we always have crazy battles with Tennessee and basketball. I thought we were going to yeah. link up earlier this year in that uh, uh, Atlantic yeah, Sun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mohegan Sun, yeah. Mohegan yeah. Sun, yeah, not Langston, yeah. 
Right. Um, but what about karma? Um, yeah, I do. <laughs> oh God. I feel like it kind of already lined up that way with all the players that y'all have out. I know. It's just meant to be. I, I was reading earlier today. The last time Purdue and Tennessee have met on the football field was the 1984 Blue Bonnet Bowl. Uh, Purdue. Purdue, Purdue won that game, and then their uh, basketball team went on to the Final Four. So hopefully that's a hopefully that's a good <laughs> omen. <laughs> I'll trade that off again. <laughs> um, and then last question at J K I N Memphis, he wants us to ask if you guys know what W G W T F A means. Yep. What does it oh, mean? God. Is this a clean podcast or not? No. No, no, no. Fucking ass. Yeah. <laughs> Daryl Taylor. I remember, because my a friend of mine who's a uh, Tennessee <laughs> fan, I remember him showing me a video years ago just randomly, and for whatever reason, that stuck with me forever. Oh, man. So whenever I see it's it, a, yeah. It's a good catchphrase. Yeah. I saw that in our mentions a couple times after <laughs> when Ball Twitter went after us, so I saw it a couple times, so yeah. Honestly, that's like one of my favorite catchphrases of all time. Yeah. I love it so much. It'll stick forever. Um, let's see. Does anyone have any final thoughts or anything else to say before we close out this evening? Yeah, I'm going to be that guy. So we're already talking about how ruthless of all Twitter is. I don't know if y'all have seen today, but the timeline is filled with uh, your coaches, Ron English's comments about Hendon Hooker. Uh, oh, talking about, what he said. What he said. Oh God, what he said. He said that Hendon Hooker is only a good passer from ten yards, uh, ten yard passes, and anything other than that. He was talking about how he's only forty percent, which is true. The stats is not wrong, but Vol Twitter has been erupting about it. You know, <laughs> trying to prove a point, saying that we're gonna try to come out there and maybe throw it deep, or Hendon's gonna have something to prove. I've seen some hype videos of people taking this, so I just wanted to see what y'all thought about Ron English and. How he is there? He usually, he usually is a soft-spoken guy. He doesn't yeah. talk to the media very often. I mean, he came from, uh, I think he was defensive backs coach at Florida some uh, previously, so maybe that's where that comment came from. I don't know, maybe some hatred towards Tennessee or something. But well, he was uh, he was yeah. fired from Eastern Michigan for saying yeah. some outlandish stuff. So maybe <laughs> that's why he hadn't made much sense. But could be. It, uh, it uh, you know scaled down immensely. It reminded me of. Uh, uh, the the Ravens defensive yeah, coordinator saying some stuff about yeah, Joe Burrow. Yeah. Usually doesn't end well. So no. I was I was like, yeah, like either A, I think I said either A, this dude's gonna regret saying this, or B, he already knows Purdue's opting out of the bowl game. <laughs> <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> well, we had that years ago. I can't remember what year it was, Tanner, but. Um, Purdue fans and really a lot of Big Ten fans like despise Nebraska's Scott Frost um, just because he's just always sticks his foot in his mouth. But there was years ago where I think Nebraska was terrible, and he said leading up to the Purdue game that Purdue was definitely a winnable game, even though they were yeah. awful that year. And Purdue kind of took it to him. And one of our, our running back, Markel Jones, was caught on the mic walking by uh, during like the post game, you know, handshake or whatever. He's like, "Yeah, that was a winnable game, all right." So <laughs> I'll never. I'll never understand coaches saying stuff like that pregame because they're no. not on the field. I mean, no. you can you can you can talk all the smack you want. Come game day, you don't know what your guys are going to be feeling. Right. right. It just it gives you, them bulletin might, board material. It's just stupid. Yeah. Or that, or you oh, might yeah. have a guy on the on your own team that that's trying to get you fired, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna show him." <laughs> yeah. That's right. about, <laughs> in that mouth. Yeah. 
That is so true. I really didn't. I didn't even. I haven't been on Twitter all day. That kind of pissed oh, yeah. me off. Like in real yeah, time. I made, a, I made a whole hype video about it. Pissed me off. But oh um. my god. <laughs> well, I hope Hendon Hooker shows his ass. And well, it's like it's like Brandon said. It's not that what he said wasn't true. It just seems like an odd time to bring it up. Yeah. 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 Where you know, Vol Twitter will see it, and we're looking at all the bold comments. The one thing we do well is use the Twitter feed and. uh Yes, yeah, so that's for damn sure. up. Yep. <laughs> and read receipts, man. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. But all aside, I'm, I'm glad y'all came on. Yeah, I'm glad you guys appreciate you having us. Good sports about it. Yeah, like no. said, we're we're hoping for a good game tomorrow. Party at main event. Party at main <laughs> event parking. Where are you guys uh, broadcasting from? Yeah, I think both of them are in Knoxville. Okay. I'm in yeah, the mid state. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah, we're all pretty – we're kind of a little bit spread out. I'm a little further out. I'm not from Knoxville, but I work in Knoxville, so it's all good. But, yeah, thanks for coming on. It's been a lot of fun, um, fun to shoot back and forth, and uh, maybe we'll match up at some other point, basketball or something I'm like that. I am sick of seeing you on basketball. March Madness, if we if we get a matchup, y'all for sure welcome back on. Absolutely. Hey, maybe yeah. some baseball. Maybe. Yeah. Ooh, oh yeah. If yeah, they ever align, you never know. Yeah. yeah. Baseball's been an up and down thing for Purdue lately. Um but yeah, I mean basketball, that's definitely being from the state of Indiana, that's uh, we love basketball, so we'd love to shoot that too. Mm-hmm. Um so ne- neither of you guys coming down for the game tomorrow? No, I was thought about it, especially I, I have a buddy who lives in Nashville, and I think he's going to the game now, but it was just ticket prices. You guys were jacking oh, up. Oh, yeah. yeah. You guys were baiting our still time. Yeah. But still time. <laughs> but, uh, tickets on StubHub right now. Come down to tailgate with you. Is, is the stadium going to be checkered? Is that is that the consensus? Uh, or? No. No. no, I think it was like a plan, but I don't think it's really possible. They just the university is pushing for a little orange out mm. instead, so I think it'll be like just a bunch of orange. I know uh, the tailgates will be mighty packed, bright and early, probably eight eight a.m. National yeah, we, time. So. When, when Tam and I were there in 2018, it was cool from our standpoint because we were on Broadway the night before, and it was you know probably 50 to one Purdue fans versus Auburn fans, but then they all showed um, up for the game. Yeah. But uh, I think it'd be, it's a definitely going to be a different. Oh, God, <laughs> oh yeah. Nashville's, oh, God, yeah. Nashville's filled with orange. It's insane. I've seen a lot yeah. of Purdue people downtown. I was downtown last night. I was actually surprised how many uh, Purdue yeah. fans made the trip. I knew people from Indiana were crazy, but hey, they're, they're out here. They're here. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think a lot of Purdue fans too were, were disappointed with the, Bowl pick just because this is the last time we were in a bowl was the Phoenix City Bowl. I think we're hoping to be um, out west in either Phoenix or Vegas. So I was, I was a little worried that the that the support wasn't going to be there. But it sounds like a lot of pretty fans made the trip. I mean, it's Nashville, so it's it's always a good time. Yeah. Hey, Bandit, do you want to give the exact tailgate details before we close out? Yeah, I'm yeah I'm screwing around with these banners here. I know. Um, um so we will be um at main event parking if you just go to google and type in main event parking it will pull it up google maps apple maps whatever you use but the actual address is um um on a road uh 14 uh 
small number, 14, James Robertson Parkway, Nashville, Tennessee, 37213. And, um, you know, we set up at 7 a.m. for all the Vols home games. I called out there this morning. They don't open the gate till 10 a.m. So, if you're there before 10 a.m., you will be standing on the sidewalk because I won't even be there. So, Dang. and, uh, well, I hadn't even thought about it. That's central time. It's 10 a.m. central time. So, that'll be 11 here, 11 Eastern time. Wow. I'm, I'm just keep racking up more sleep hours tonight. <laughs> um, yep. So, yeah, uh, 11 Eastern time. 10 a.m. Central Time. We'll be at Main Event Parking. If, if you've already bought a parking pass through um, the Music City Bowl, it's directly across from Lot A. I don't know if they just sold Lot A first, but 90% of the people I've talked to that have a parking pass are in Lot A. We are directly across the intersection. Um, we got there for half of what you paid. So walk on over. <laughs> Walk on over and uh, enjoy the tailgate with us. All right. Very well, then. Um, Evan, Tanner, thanks again coming out from, from your podcast. And uh, what is it? Is it Boiler Break or Boiler Breakdown? Boiler Breakdown. Okay. Yeah. Our Twitter is Boiler Break Pod. Yeah. I don't yeah. know why any uh, Vols ATV listeners would want to go listen to y'all. I'm just kidding. But, hey. Anyone who wants to listen at Boiler Breakdown, uh, catch them on Twitter and catch their podcast. Um, and thanks again for coming. It's been a blast. Maybe we can do it again. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks for having us. Absolutely. Yes, Y'all have a great one. You, you too. too. Mm -hmm. Go Vols. Go Vols. Hey, beat Mama. Yeah. Beat Bama.